You are listening to the Lifebox Media Channel, where you podcast. Please like and subscribe. The Lifebox Media Channel, Patria Patrick, Part 3, the Bruno San Martino movie. We left at a cliffhanger. <laughs> cliffhanger. <laughs> right, we're cliffhanger. We're going to make this part two as it's coming down in there because of the fact that, you know, uh, Patria and I had spoken about this uh, the other day of whether it was going to be part two, I guess. We were looking right at it, so that's part two. So as we come back to part two, we're with director, movie creator of Bruno San Martino, uh, the movie, the documentary. Patria Patrick's just explaining uh, up until part of when this got first started getting filmed. So please... Pick up where you left off, my dear. So, yeah, we we had this, some footage, but footage does not a story make, just interviews. And so uh, the film really needed connective tissue, and that's really uh, what I saw would be my strong point. I would be able to do that some which way. Now, I... I felt like presumptuous. Oh yes, I'll be able to do this. But I, I, I just started attacking it, and I, and then I, I wanted to meet with Bruno, personally. You know, like just on a one-on-one basis, nobody else around, and really talk with him. So we, we had dinner on a number of occasions, and we spoke just in various different spots where where I could really get from him the feel. You know, it wasn't something he could explain in words because he he didn't really, he wasn't a filmmaker. He wasn't a storyteller. So I could just gather the essence of what his heart was saying. And it was really clear to me that we had nothing on the mother. And all of this, all of this stuff that meant something to him was about this early on story with the Nazis and this mother that had, you know, escaped now, I wanted to get back to this one story. She was on, they caught her at this one time, they caught her, red-handed, and, you know, she was in the town, just coming out of the, out of the root cellar, and they, they took her and put her on a truck, and were with a couple other people they'd caught, and uh, some people that were, like, Italians that, you know, were turning, you know, like, I, I guess they were turning in people that, were, were just around there if, if they caught him and uh, they were going to line them up and they put him on this truck and there was all this barbed wire on it so they, they were they were in there and the guys with the Nazis with their boots and their guns right there and somehow she just must have been in the right place and she just didn't care about getting cut or what ever happened to her arms and legs but somehow at the right moment they were turning a corner and she knew, she'd begun to know that territory, and she was going farther and farther from the town. They were taking her away now. So now she was miles away from the te- from her town and miles away from the mountain. So she took advantage of this thing and just whatever it took to cut and, and cut her all up, she squeezed through this barbed wire and fell off the truck. And they, they yelled, stop the truck. You know, this woman's escaped. And by the time they stopped the truck and got back to her and it was dark. And it, she just was lucky. It was just dark enough, like the ending of the day, that she got, ran into the bushes and somehow just disappeared and was hiding under the bushes as they're poking around with their sabers and and. How can you explain if you're a Nazi? So you're you're one of the Nazis, and you come back, and they go, "Where's the old lady?" Uh, uh, excuse me, sir. She escaped. Yeah, that's uh, not good. Gonna, <laughs> you know, isn't it better to say we killed her and we yeah, yeah. we got her because you don't want to embarrass yourself. Are you going to get like if you can't kill an old lady? Yeah. Then, you know, and you're a Nazi. I don't think you live much longer than that. So they probably said, "Oh yeah, we we got her and stabbed her, and she's in pieces." So I mean, there's another example of her determination to do this. And so I loved what you said about you know it, the heroism that she portrayed wasn't some Hollywood fabrication. 
which was which I wanted to get back to that when we first had done the interviews, we were looking for distributors. And that was even before I came on to the project. And they thought, wow, oh, yeah, let's do Bruno's story. But let's make it, let's make Amelia have a love scene with the Nazis. And, oh, Bruno is just going, like, this is not happening. You know, you're not going to make up. Bruno killed them. He said, forget it. You know, like, we're not making a movie. Like, that's it. That was the end. You know, just, like, take the footage and then just shelf it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, there's no way he so, ever had it, you know, the... Bruno's, Bruno was a lot of people's hero, including mine. But as as far as a, a person, my mother's my hero actually to this day. But as as a, as a male figure, Bruno is my hero to this day. And and you look at it, and Bruno is Bruno's idol was his mother. Yeah, and you can see why. Yeah, it wasn't just like oh hey my mom's great. No, his mom was great. Yeah, and it really I mean she time like we just mentioned she going down to salvage food out of her house with the Nazis sleeping upstairs, escaping, bringing some, bringing the food back at some other times, not being able to bring the food back and uh, being shot and then being caught and then being bombed. I mean, this woman, no hospitals, no doctors, no, this was, no yeah, this was over a long period of time too. So she, she, you know, the first time you go down, you don't know what you're facing. But the second time you go down, you know there's Nazis, there's dogs, there's guns, there's lights. They have they have searchlights. They have stuff. They don't want people, you know, in the town. That that makes them look stupid. You know, so this woman really had some guts to be able to do that, and that's where the, this. Yeah, that's what a hero is. A hero, and yes. the hero. Heroine that she was really uh, that described what an idol was to Bruno, and uh, that changed his his attitude of his life, the way he lived his life, and that's what I really think is uh, important to portray in the film because. After that, he couldn't just say, "Oh yeah, make a movie about my mom, and it's a big sensation, and she has these." affairs with the Nazis to get us food and stuff. Let's make it this Hollywood film. He just said, forget it. If it can't be made, then the way I want it to be done, even though he didn't know how to say that, then he just said, forget it. No, I won't have this. I'm not doing a, a fake story. So that's where I came into the picture. I really, really worked with Bruno and saw what his heart was and listened to Listen to, you know, you're kind of listening to the subtext of what he's saying more than just the words. I could tell the love that he had for his mom, and I could tell what she went through. And I could tell that that needed to be really described. I want to say and, something. And seen. Well, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. I, I wanted to say something about what you captured in that. You know, having, you know, met Bruno when he was semi-retired in 1978 and getting to know him then and over the years then, Bruno was different, but Bruno was your Bruno was a very humble man for everything that he had and did. And what was it like when you first met Bruno? Because I want you to kind of go back for a minute, if you will, and say when you came on the project, if you don't mind, tell me the story of how you and your son had this conversation. Right. Well, so I I was given the project, and I didn't. It, it didn't even tell me that Bruno was a wrestler. I didn't have. I just. I just saw a bunch of Italian people. I didn't even know who the person of the story was. There were just some interviews, and so I didn't. And they were, you know, in a, in poor English, kind of, you know, and it, they were these heavy Italian accents. Sure. And so I didn't know that Bruno was any more important than the cousin or the sister, or I just didn't know who was. From what I could see, there was really no reason to know anything about Bruno. So then my son, he said, wow, you're doing, you know, I told him, oh, I'm doing this film, but it's it's on this uh, guy, and it's about Bruno San Martino. And I, I didn't even say the wrestler, because I just didn't know at that point. I just knew, I didn't even know which one was Bruno, because there weren't really, like, titles of who right. Bruno, anything. There were just some interviews. So... My son said, whoa, wait a second, Bruno San Martino, like, this, he's, 
he's one of the greatest guys and he's like the hero he's one of the first you know guys that ever made wrestling really famous and he he did so much to make wrestling famous he brought this he brought this charisma into because wrestling before that was two sweaty guys grabbing onto each other for two hours right. or something and it kind of was boring because you really you know they're just like sometimes they're just you know hanging on to each other for this longest time and it didn't have the pizzazz that uh Bruno, like he got in there and he would be quick about it. And so he started, you know, making it more of an exciting thing to watch. And like you said, when he picked up haystacks, he, he didn't just pick them up. He picked them up and spun them around and he made a show of it for the longest moments that he could hang on to him. And so that was one thing that he had. He really was a showman and he, uh, he helped bring that to, to the foreplay and my son he he knew the history of it so through his uh, through my son's eyes i was able to get excited about the project really in a big way and then doing my research i just started finding out more and more and what a guy this was yeah i mean it was a real rags to riches story for sure but then i got, you know i got more enthused because you have you have other wrestlers that okay yeah started out. There's other rags to riches stories. So sure. that thing had already been told, but a lot of those guys they get there and then they blow their fortune, or they've been through eighteen marriages, or they've been into drugs, or they you know just do something that's you know tabloid or tabloid right. after tabloid sensational stuff and and this was what bruno did not want he really saw like here's these people that could be heroes to children and you know children are watching these wrestlers right. children and and it's kind of a family thing that you could somewhere where you could take your kid and you you, you want the guys that they're watching to be somebody that's inspiring your child and not some big womanizer or a big guy on steroids or, or drugs or, or just spending his water, seeing a bad, you know, seeing the guy at, okay, here he is 60 years old now and he's br broken homeless or, right. you know, uh, t taking himself down a, a very destructive path. And so Bruno, he, he knew he had this connective tissue of like his mother had saved his life numerous times. And how is he going to look in her eyes if he's in the tabloids and some, you know, uh, you know, sensational way that, uh, you know, is making him disparaging look bad. In, yeah. Disparaging in any way. And, it's, and I'll touch on that. It, it, it's funny because you say that, you know, and Bruno wasn't the buddy Rogers showman of the, of the fancy glitz and everything else. It is, Bruno was Bruno, and what you saw is what you got. He had he didn't he wasn't interesting a great promo. He was an honest promo, and when you look at it, he, he didn't talk with the hey daddies like the Buddy Rogers. Loved Buddy Rogers, but Bruno when he walked in there, he he's Dagonets and everything else were there, and by golly's, but at, it was because Bruno first of all English wasn't his first language, and the immigrants. You know, people say it was in the Northeast. A lot of people say it was in the Northeast. Not true. Bruno sold out around the world. And but and I, and I want to specify that when Bruno came out there, you got this guy right close to six foot tall in his prime, 275 pounds, that could pick up a house almost. You know, is it when, you, when you see this on TV, you didn't have to sit there as a little kid. First time I remember Bruno was maybe five. And it was just... He was bigger than life, and you see this, this, he looked like a mountain of a man at, at that thing, and uh, he didn't have to get out there, and, and, you know, he didn't have fancy robes or nothing against any of those things, but he just drew the charisma, as you said, off the TV, he had that natural charisma, very plain talker, you know, with, with the with the Italian accent, and, and people identified with Bruno, and Bruno didn't, you know, the biggest thing I think he ever bought besides his home was a Rolls Royce, and that was to sit there and show he's world champion, and he should represent himself with pride and class, and he didn't want to 
tarnish that image, especially in his mother's eyes, God and mother's eyes, most importantly, that uh, he'd do something that would make them ashamed because they worked so hard to get there. And I want to compliment you on the fact of even, you know, Governor Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger's on there, you know, many time Mr. Olympia. I mean, you know, you got you get an interview with Arnold Schwarzenegger who says, you know, he's the champion of champions. He's the men of men. He's the star of stars, you know, and this is one of the biggest box office attractions. And they were friends for 50 years or whatever that uh, Arnold, when Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger gets out there and says, this is the star of stars. I so was, you blew me away that you had this footage because Arnold does not throw around compliments. And it was from the heart. Yeah, I, we were so enamored to get Arnold. It was really you know, uh, heartfelt that we that we got him, and he said just the right things, didn't he? Oh my! He, 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 look, let me let me tell you, Patria. I I saw that, and 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 I I mean I stopped what I was doing as I'm watching this, and I'm sitting there going, I had, I ran it back three or four times. I had to make sure that you know, and you and I hadn't spoken yet because I I, and I I watched it in a. In, in part of it in the trailer, and then I watched it in the, in, in the film, and I'm thinking, no, there's no overlibs, there's no, there's no voiceovers, there's no, there's no, this is, and I, you know, this is Arnold just, just speaking what he thought sincerely, and says, look, man, you know, I mean, his dad was a Nazi, and, and, and you know, and he'll tell you the stories that he went through, he says, I didn't go through half of what it was, you got that on tape, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Governor Schwarzenegger, sincerely speaking from the heart about someone that he highly respected, and that is that is something that it's an anomaly, and I think it's yeah, one of the best yeah. pieces of footage you could get. And nobody paid him to do that at all. So he just said, "I I want to do that. I've got to make time for it." And he, this guy has a busy schedule right. too. It was before. COVID or any of the lockdown stuff. So we uh, we're like, we will be there <laughs> wherever it is that you can squeeze us in. He's, I will make time. I love your the way you impersonate him. I will make time. <laughs> so you have that thing that you can do. But, but see, that's and, the idea, uh, the charisma, so. I think, thing that you captured, Patria, is the fact that the people that and I want, I, and I, and we've, and the story is, I, I think the stories, and I'm, I'm, I think I'm gonna put this in a quote is, is Bruno's story really about it. So I'll, I'll make it articulate her own, but I think it's Bruno's story uh, through how he wanted his mother's eyes to be, you know, to how she looked at him, you know, and I think that you did such a, I think he thinks it's Bruno's mother's story through Bruno's eyes. Is actually what it should be. Yeah, and there had been a, even the WWE wanted to, to put their documentary together about all of the wrestling thing, and that just that was great. But there other had been some other. There's, I mean, Bruno's life was long and and had all these facets. So there are many things on him out there. But this, what you just said, you nailed it. Hadn't been done, and so that was what was intriguing to Bruno. Like, how in the world do I tell my mother's story without being trite or boring? Or listen to the Hollywood people who want to add in that she's having affairs with Nazis and add this weird stuff that doesn't, you know, hold to the truth of what happened. I mean, it, we didn't need all of that. Her story and their story was so fantastic. We didn't need special effects. She was doing all this, and she wasn't yeah. superwoman with powers or or anything. And that's what it, it makes it really neat because it's a story that okay, we could all strive to be. If we are, if we had to do that, could we? Could we do that? I don't know, but we would. We'd want to think so. I think all the mothers sitting in that audience would want to say, "Gee." That's my kid. That's my other kid. That's my three children up there. I've already lost two children. I, I can't lose any more because uh, because of that rheumatic fever. She that they had already uh, perished two children. So she 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 was so determined, and, and that's just the power of the mother's love. And then the other side of the story is the power, like what you said. Who is your hero? 
your mom. Why? Yeah. Because, you know, she she was there for you. She's if somebody you're a baby, somebody who doesn't feed you every couple of hours and change you and keep you warm and keep you you know, in shelter and everything, you're gone, you know? So it's a mother's love that really is there for us. And, and there's, I think few and it's few and far between seeing a great story like this really with, with a real mom and a real family and a real situation that we got to observe him over his lifetime too. So it wasn't like, boy, as soon as his mom died, he started, okay, now I'm going to do a bunch of drugs and right. get in trouble. <laughs> no, I mean, he had to be a father and an image for his children. Right. And the other story that wasn't told and had never been told, too, is, is Carol was Bruno, is Bruno's wife, and she's this lovely woman, and she's trying to, first, okay, I'm gonna, she's all in love with Bruno, and they're just young loves, and... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, right there, hold on, right there. But I love when she looked, and she, she, she just, she just looked. The Bruno was like, "Wow!" And I, I've never seen that footage before, and that was awesome. That you know, she just looked at him, was like, "Oh, okay." You know, didn't didn't make a difference, wrestler, carpenter, whatever he happened to be. She just looked at this, you know, handsome guy and 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 this man standing there. I thought that was fantastic that you got that footage. I know, isn't she great? It's like she was like like licking her lips, like this is like Elvis <laughs> Presley. You know, Bruno was like the Elvis Presley. I mean, when he was in those yes. poses, I mean, he was stunning. You know, I saw some uh, early pictures. You know, Sean Connery just passed away recently, right. and I found one picture of him, and I didn't know that he had been like going for Mister universe or something like that he was just stunning and his little skivvies and the pose that that i found of him he looked like golden man he was really stunning and that's what these pictures of bruno look like they they have him pose and it was before he was really yeah before you know, he was really, huge. really bruno bruno yeah yeah everybody yeah, yeah he, so, he, those pictures i've seen i knew and i and i told you before and there's a there's a great picture and you have to see it just for this Patria has has a has a picture of Bruno at about I, I thought it was a nineteen year old picture, but he's about seventeen or eight, about eighteen years old and eighteen or nineteen years old, and he's posing, and then they have him doing the crunch at seventy something, and you have to understand that Bruno was up until the last couple of years of his life, Bruno ran, you know, eight to twelve miles a day at seventy something years old. So this man was no joke. He didn't stop working out. He didn't, and, and you cover the broken neck thing, and I, and I want to cover that because you talk about his mother, that long story short, 1976, Bruno's wrestling a guy by the name of Stan Hansen. Stan Lariat Hansen. Bruno goes up for a body slam, and whatever the story happens to be is that I guess there was too much sweat, whatever. I, I, I think it's the way Stan, he kind of slipped out of Bruno, uh, slipped out of Stan's hands, 265 pounds, 275 pounds goes straight down on his neck. Bruno has a neck like a tree trunk and it broke Bruno's neck. And he was a couple millimeters away from being paralyzed. All he was worried about, it wasn't the broken neck. It was worried about, he didn't want the story getting back to his parents and his mother and father having a heart attack. And so he had to, get out of the hospital with a major broken neck. This isn't some big wrestling work, ladies and gentlemen. The people say, oh, well, Bruno broke his neck and had to get home and did not want it on the news that his parents saw it in Pittsburgh. And he had to get back to Pittsburgh and beat the story back there before, you know, so his parents didn't have a heart attack. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Patria. Oh, no. It was like imperative to him that his mother didn't find out because you you hear back then especially you hear broken neck and you just think dead because that's it you know listen you you got hurt in those fights there was no one of the things i want to say is that there was if you take football there's seasons you get baseball you Mm -hmm. get a season you get to rest bruno had no season off it was go to this town and wrestle and get thrown around and smacked around and thrown out of the ring and thrown against everything and 
you didn't have a day off. You just picked up your clothes and you went to the next thing. And it's not like, you know, there were hot tubs and things like that. You know, <laughs> no trainers, no trainers, no team doctor. No. And you got to remember, look, a wrestling mat today, a wrestling ring today still isn't. I, I want to give us because I could know the statistics. If you fall backwards, what they call a flat back bump, that is equivalent to a 30 mile an hour car crash. Just falling backwards. With a very trained bump, so and that's on a ring today that has is much more designed. Bruno wrestled in boxing rings that had no give, that were like falling on concrete, and he did it concrete, yeah, seven to nine times a week. Sometimes two shows on a Saturday or Sunday. You traveled five six hundred miles, sometimes five thousand miles, whatever it happened to be, and you did it, and you did it. You came home, you went back to your hotel. Whatever it happened to be, you go to the ice machine, you put an ice bag on yourself. Bruno was never a pill guy. He didn't want to take aspirin when he broke his neck. And Bill was Bruno was never a drinker. Glass of wine, have a beer once in a while. So, you know, and, and you know, he have a glass of wine or a beer or whatever else it is. Bruno was never a big drinker. You know, he was never, never been a pill guy. So, you know, never did drugs. You know, he was your epitome of that part of being, uh, you know, that's a man's man in every which sense of the word. And and to sit there and say, okay, you got a broken neck. I'm not worried about my neck. I'm not worried about my career. You know, I'm, I'm the world champion. I'm making more money than any athlete at the time. And any athlete, ladies and gentlemen, and make more money than a president. And he is, I'm worried about my mom. I can't have my mom see this. Because my mama yeah. had a heart attack. That yeah. is... I mean, yeah. she, she was old, pretty old by then. Right. And so, I mean, after what she had been through, it, it really had aged her a lot. So just the she fact that she was alive. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, so, and, and the father, he'd been, I don't want to say his life was easy, but he'd been over here chilling, you know, doing a day job. And so, you know, and he was still in... You know, oh, and the minds, elder. my dear, the minds were the minds are bad, but the minds aren't as bad as what Amelia was going through over with the Nazis. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, yeah. It wasn't like it, it was easy, but still, you didn't have people shooting at you, and you got right. to go home with your, you know, your day and have a glass of beer. He, he was a, an interesting man, uh, the father, and so. You know, I just feel like you're just really bringing out such great points that the strength that Bruno carried you know how could he say okay look my mom just got shot and we're pulling the bullet out of her after she got up there and she doesn't get any pain pills she doesn't get any right. shot she doesn't get any anesthesia and so i think he had a lot of that like okay now my neck's broken oh no, my god i don't want her to know and they you know he risked his life even being changed to a closer hospital right that was part of the, the movement he went from the hospital where he was closest to where the accident happened. And then he said, well, bring me to a hospital close. And then when I tell my mom, she can be there and see I'm alive and okay, then she can take it. Yeah. New York. But I, I thought, yeah. She didn't, uh, well, she didn't want it. They didn't want him, her to read about it in the newspaper. Oh, you know, cause they're going to go, Bruno broke his neck, you know, and it's going to sound all, and she just, that would been it. You know, she'd read that and passed out. And, you know, so that was what Bruno's fear was. And, you know, he'd never, that was the first time he ever said that. I, I was, I was so lucky to get, you know, what I got out of him because he, he you know, I just the way I asked the questions, I, it's not a bragging thing, but I, I just was patient enough to really get something out of him until he was just willing to give to me. And there's just this certain thing that you, it's it was kind of a love, loving him enough to let these things come out and it's uh it's kind of hard to explain but it comes through in the movie as you're saying too and that uh, was that was you it did. you did know? let me tell you something i saw something in the movie and and like i said i knew bruno pretty well that i saw something in the movie from bruno that i never saw before and yeah we all get old and you know and i mean i'm in my mid-50s and you know and everything else and but you you approaching this and Bruno was a very guarded person 
in, in one way. His his inner circle was very, he loved his inner circle and everything else. Was, but Bruno was very protective of his family and very protective of his image, as you said. And it, that wasn't just TV, that was Bruno. And let me tell you something. I, I, there's two things I want to say on this that are huge compliments in the way you portrayed this. You know, people sit there and say, oh, well, they want to, you know, you covered on wrestling the fact of, you know, look, Bruno got hurt a lot and wrestled a lot of nights with a lot of very bad injuries. Bruno's x-rays, uh, the last I had seen in in, in, in the, uh, what year is, forgive me, Lord, the year that he was inducted in the Hall of Fame 13, 2013 or whatever it was, in the WWE Hall of Fame, Bruno's x-rays then were were insane of the stuff that they did. And I mean, you know, Bruno told me, if you look at Bruno's ears, their cauliflower ears, he said that hurt more than his neck being broken. You know, and, but Bruno was legitimately as tough as you got. And obviously, as you said, uh, you know, he obviously got that from his mother. And uh, not, nothing against Bruno's dad. I mean, with all due respect, but his mom just had so much intestinal fortitude and heart and strength and everything else it is that, but at the same time, you know, Bruno was one of these guys that um, he just moved forward and, you know, there wasn't much stopping him to do what he wanted to do. And you have to have a lot of respect for that but because he did it with honor. And his word and his honor and his handshake were, were very important to him. And there's two funny stories, and I told you one the other day. That Dan Marino, the great Dan Marino, NFL Hall of Famer, you know, his dad grew up right near Bruno. And when Dan Marino got a street named in Pittsburgh, his dad says, how do you get a street before Bruno San Martino? This is a great Dan Marino, NFL, and, his, and Dan and Dan Marino's dad's looking at him saying, you know, how do you get a street? Yeah, Bruno hasn't had a street yet. Bruno doesn't have a park yet. You know, and Dan's like, oh, and Dan told the story when Bruno passed away. And, you know, but you look at it and you look at your, your, I think you brought to the light what you would want your, you know, you look at the old days of the DiMaggio's and these guys growing up and, and guys where Bruno was a superstar. You're talking about a guy from 1963 to 1971. That was the WWE, uh, 71? Yeah, I think it's 70, 70 or 71. Gosh, I'm getting all my times here. Uh, WWF, 3W, Worldwide Wrestling Federation, World Champion undefeated, and then from 73 to 77 is, you know, world champion again, and that is something that, you know, sold out Madison Square Garden consecutively 187 times at the time at with 211 showings, okay, and then sold out the Garden a couple more times after that. You know, no one has sold out Madison Square Garden more than Bruno Sammartino. No human being on the planet has ever. The closest, and I looked at this, I couldn't believe it, is Billy Joel. By the way, and, and I hope I don't mess up this interview to sit there and as I'm pulling up the thing because I want to make sure I get it proper. So I want to give credence to what everything you pulled up on here of this the other day. But no one has sold out the garden more than more than Bruno San Martino. And Billy Joel is light years behind Bruno. And then everybody else is like 10 light years behind behind him wow yeah that's a wow you know so i mean you 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 not only did a story on somebody who was legendary in every sense of the word you know and and you made it through i think something that would make bruno very proud and i'm going to get on the point of sitting there saying as you did it for you know you did it with a way that that uh bruno would care about it which was you know honoring his mother and the story that was that got him to that but at the same time, I think you brought the best out of Bruno. And I didn't know, and I'm so glad that I asked you before the show, that you told me that Bruno got to see this. So I have two questions for you on that part. And by the way, it goes Bruno with 188 or 189 sellouts, Billy Joel with 120, you 2 with 30, Rolling Stones with 17, and Janet Jackson and Janet Jackson with 12. So the closest, and Billy Joel, love him, but he'll never get to 188 or 89. And, uh, you know, and those are consecutive, by the way. So that doesn't count the other ones that were sold out afterwards. So you just got somebody who, in the garden, dimmed their lights and hung the Bruno banner 
when he died, which the garden doesn't do that very often, by the way. So you have that in there, and I love that. But my thing, two questions I have from you, my dear, is that one, what was it like when you actually met Bruno? Oh, it was well. First off, I gotta say he he was dressed really cool at it like a the first time had a black leather jacket on, but it was a really soft leather and some some like cool black trousers. And he and I and he hugged me, and he just smelled so good. <laughs> I, I just thought, oh, he smells really great. And then so we sat down and we're, you know, chatting. And uh, we were with other people at that time. But we really kind of spent, the, took the time because I knew I was what I was doing and he knew what I was wanting to do. So we, we kind of hogged time together. And uh, everybody else sort of let us do that, which was great. And then we just, you know, right off he, he could see, that I was listening to him and was there for him, and I right off I could see, gosh, what a, what a powerful man, what a hero, what this is the guy because I'd done my research, and so I, you know, uh, you could see right there the cauliflower ears. I didn't know what those were, yeah, and you know, having somebody bash you in the ear in your head time and time again, your ears get to this point where they're like pulp, pulped out, like uh, yeah, they're knots. Yeah, they're just, it's hard to explain, but it looked like, well, cauliflower, just like all yeah. these bumps, it, you're just, your ears are, are, are ruined, and, and and he was a little bit hard for him to hear, so I had to be a little closer, <laughs> so <laughs> really good, you know, so that was great, and, uh, you know, it was just uh, trying not to be an, enamored. I think I, I, because I had already met so many people, I'd come from Hollywood, so it wasn't like, you know, meeting anybody was going to be better than meeting, I already, already met everybody, so, I mean, I'd met George, and I'd met Ringo, I, I you name it, and I've just been around the block there, so, but meeting Bruno was this different experience, because there was this humbling, and he just gave himself to me, which most people don't of that caliber they they hello get to shake their hand and then you're moved on and they go but it wasn't like that it was i i want to i want to give you everything and i want to so let's make time let's make more time we'll, we'll meet again and we'll discuss everything and and he was so impressed that i knew the stories because wow i remember him saying well you really did your homework so you really know about this and you really know about that and so that 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 drew us together as as friends very quickly so i felt he was trusting me and i think he went deeper with me than normal because because i had gone out you know gone so far to know his story and and, and the mother's influence on him. So that, that went a long way with him. And so we really we really hit it off and had somewhere to, to work from. And that was a strong basis and, and very necessary. I, have to, I but, have to say, knowing Bruno, you could have known the moon. It must have been something special about you because you can have all the knowledge in the world and Bruno would still be. So Bruno got comfortable with you. That just shows what kind of person you are because... Bruno just didn't get comfortable with everybody. And, uh, you know, and obviously, by the way you shot this and the way you put it together, um, I, I look, I had high expectations off of this uh, before I met you. And I loved the trailer, which is a phenomenal trailer, by the way. Um, I suggest if, if you doubt this, look, Patria and I can sit there and talk about this of knowledge of Bruno, Bruno's mother, the story, the family, all day long. It will not put into words, the words will not put into the, what the picture of what she's put together has and what this documentary slash movie has or movie slash documentary. However, you're the creator. You, 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 you can correct me in whichever one you like it. But um, of you can't, the trailer engulfs you, gets you into it, and makes you want to see it. I think that a lot of people thought that Bruno was... Because of his, it wasn't broken English, but it, Bruno had an accent. 
and and his story, Bruno could tell a story that could get you to listen because Bruno wasn't a phony. It was real. It is this is I, I was gonna say earlier, you were telling the stories. If anybody out there has seen either movie of Red Dawn, this is the real Red Dawn. Okay, this is Amelia, Bruno's mother, going down, sneaking into the houses to get what she could get, except for it's for real. It's not a movie. And, you know, you putting this together and you bringing the best out of Bruno and everything else, I think, was something there. And at the end, I'm not going to be ashamed to say, sit there, turn around, say, you know, as long as I had the pleasure of knowing Bruno San Martino, um, you made me cry. I mean, you know, I, I, I won't, I won't, I'm not ashamed to say it. At the end of the movie, when Bruno, who swore, I couldn't believe that Bruno went back up to Vela La Roca. Yeah, boy, was that something. Oh, my God, I, I, I'm, I'm getting, damn allergies must be bothering me in the house, damn it. Um, but, I, I mean, you know, it, it, it just, uh, I, I, I don't want to put anything flippant on it, really, honestly. It, 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 uh, it emotional, and, you well, know. Well, he swore go up there again. I mean, why Why would you want to do that to yourself? And so, he did that for us, and he did it for his mom, because there was no other way to show that's just not some little hill she climbed. It was treacherous. It, and when these people, when we had to go up there, oh, God, I mean, we, you know, people just didn't want to do that. And uh, it was no fun, but it really... It brought it into light. Like, you don't know how thirsty you are till you go a week without water. Right. You know, I can't even imagine what it's like. And, and so he knew how bad it was. And he didn't want, he didn't think anybody, why would you guys do that? Oh, but it sounds fun. Let's go up there. Yeah, wait till you start going up there and you see it's not fun. And, and it, it wasn't fun. And they were all beat up going up and down. And they got to drive part of the lots of the way and go right. in these vehicles. So... It, uh, it was much easier. And, and was uh, Bruno, what was, and, 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 and I want to say this, and I mean this with a ton of respect to a man I respected a lot, but Bruno was not in, and I want to minimize this uh, as far as the fact of what, how we talk about it to give respect to Bruno, but, but Bruno was not 100%, and he's also close to 80 years old when he's doing this, right? Yes. So, I mean, that's right there. Is, uh, and, and the night before, he, he just said, I don't know. I, th I think I can't do it. And there's so many, so many times he just said, no, 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 I won't do it. And was asked to do it. And he just wasn't going to do it. And, and then it, it came to him that, that he needed to do it to tell the story. And so he did, he just did it. And that was great. And you know what else? I mean, there's so much about the Valaraca story, but again, we, I, we were touching on his father and the when the pictures and when he met Carol and Carol was just saying, "Wow, this guy is so such a knockout <laughs> and uh, so good looking." She just fell in love. But then the whole family thought, "Well, okay, Bruno's going to be a carpenter, and that's how it is." And he, he, his father thought, "You're going to go. You're going to go into a business," and. Nobody wanted him to be a wrestler. There wasn't anybody making a life out of wrestlers. There were. It wasn't like you'd be, you know, hey, I want to be a wrestler now, or I want to be a singer or something now, because you know, I, oh, I want to be a big rock star or anything. Right. It really liked that. Then he just he had a passion for it, and he was the one that made it big to make big money out of it. And they were saying, you know, once he got into it, that he could probably make a good living but nobody was supporting him he had nobody saying well yeah that's great no even his brother was saying you know i got a job let's i gotta you know let's do a regular job yeah his and, dad pulled a favor with the union to get bruno as a union apprentice carpenter which back then was a big deal you know hey you know i asked a favor which you know you got to remember this is an, and, and this is a, not a racial thing. This is a factual thing. You have an Italian immigrant over here that asked a buddy at a at a uh, union place, "Hey man, can you help my son out?" Well, then obviously, then the dad owes a favor, and Bruno gets on, and then Bruno 
long story short, you know, Bruno was power power lifter and everything else. He just learns how to wrestle and builds himself up. And then all of a sudden, you know, he meets you know, Pittsburgh promoter and uh, sit there and said, oh, man, somebody says, hey, man, look at this Bruno guy. And, you know, Bruno was like, oh, I think I'm going to give this wrestling a thing. Bruno was approached by the Pittsburgh Steelers more than one occasion over the years. But Bruno was approached by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and and they were the highest guy was making seven thousand dollars a year or something like that then, give or take ish, and which was you know money. But Bruno had aspirations to take care of his family. Him getting here, he always felt, I think, until the day he died, that he always wanted the best for his family because of all of what you know his 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 mom went through and what they did to get here. That he didn't want to ruin spoil or or take for granted what uh they did to get here and he wanted to make sure that it, it, it was passed on better and you know bruno took care of his parents by the way just in case everybody knows until the day both of them passed away um oh he did everything you're bringing up such a good point too to spoil amelia and uh like for their wedding and stuff you know for their anniversaries and things like that i mean I think he bought her a house or a car or whatever, you know, whatever she wanted. He, he, he was right there to do it. And, you know, he didn't do that for his kids, his kids, he made work, but he, <laughs> he you know, Amelia deserved in his eyes, like whatever she wanted. And she didn't, you know, she was just happy with, right. I mean, she was just happy with food on the table. Come on, you know, so anything that he gave her, she was just enamored, but really uh, it was, it was such a, a big turning point for him to make that decision because, you know, he, he had the day job. He did have this day job and he had to go work out after working hard all day. He had to go work out at night for the love of this, what he was determining to do. And so the, here's a guy that's putting in so many hours working and then so many hours after work, just building his body up. I mean, the guy was just really, really determined and he luckily had had this this foundation from from his mom from amelia to where to get this deter, you know determination from how do you how do you have that determination because it's really easy to give up it's really simple yes. hey you know i you, you look at everyone and you go okay it's christmas or new year's i'm going to make my new year's resolution and what happens like how many people keep their New Year's resolutions? Oh, I yeah, mean, it's, it's, it's minimal. It, it doesn't even make double well, digits most times. So, I mean, you know, but and, and, and the point you say that, and the other question is I have for you was when you had it together, and I didn't know this, and I was so excited to hear when you said this, and I did not ask you the other day when you and I were speaking, um, what did Bruno say when he watched it? Well, he and he cried, and uh, Carol cried, and he said, "I didn't." We kind of put it in his words. I didn't know how to tell you how to make the film, because I'm not a filmmaker. But I knew what I wanted. But I knew I didn't know what I wanted till I saw it. And he and he expressed it like that. It's like you know what you want, but you don't know what it is until you see it. And uh, he he. Did, me and I and I could almost like smell him through the phone. It was just like it was just the way his tone of his voice was, and he was just so so thrilled because it was the real thing. And he couldn't believe he just couldn't believe how I was able to uh, put the drama in there and the climax. And 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 the hardest thing was keeping Amelia in the story because. If we told it one way, it would be she would be out of it very quickly. So he was so enamored the way I kept her alive through through the way that I intercut things, and it was very uh, it was very thought out to be able to do that because it made her active in the story, and and I, I think that was like I don't know. The, cleverest thing or the most important thing if she just was in it in the beginning and gone then it wouldn't have been what was needed so it was very hard to figure that out so i i 
and I'm just proud to be part of the movie. And I, I want to mention like our, our producer, Larry, who really brought me into this whole thing is once, uh, once the first uh, gentleman, uh, Marty Lazaro had passed away, the footage just, you know, just was sitting there on the shelf and Larry grabbed it and we, it sat there for a long while because again, everybody that wanted to touch it wanted to make this weird love story and, and exaggerate and Bruno said, forget it. So it just wasn't, gonna, there was not going to be a movie. And Larry knew me and he, he knew what I could do. He just knew what I could do. And, and he, he said, we, we have to get Patria on this and Bruno, you're going to really, you know, you're going to meet her. She's going to meet you, and she is going to make it happen what you want. And uh, so when, you know, when Larry, I just want to say, when Larry did that, boy, he, it was an act of love because he had to put so much into This is expensive. Making a film is not. Not like this. <laughs> it, it's not uh, an inexpensive thing. And so you have to really, Larry worked so hard, so hard, and. Uh, was so dedicated to the project. And, and that's Larry Rickard, right? Yeah. And uh, so I just love the guy. And we're, we're looking at doing other projects. We'd done some other projects before that. So we, 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 uh, we'd had success. So you know, he knew what he could expect from me. Pull another miracle out of your bag. <laughs> <laughs> well, but and here's the thing. And, and we're looking at having Larry on in the future. We just have to kind of get together. But um, here's the thing. I, I think that what you, I think Bruno tells a better story than he gives himself credit for. And you are the translator and the facilitator. You and Larry are, are, the, are, are the translator and the facilitator to put it on screen because it's, sometimes it's very hard to keep up with a story. And I want to address this ahead of time. It's very hard to keep up with a story that kind of you have to reflect and then come forward. Okay. And sometimes it's very hard to keep up with those kind of stories. You did it very well, you know, because you have to kind of look backwards to kind of realize where you are today and then kind of do that creatively and, and to make Amelia the forefront. Look, there's not a story without, and I, and I mean this with so much respect, there's not a story of Bruno without Amelia and there's not a story of Amelia without Bruno. And, you know, meaning that, you know, Bruno's recognition and accomplishments and everything else give give the platform to be able to tell a story about Bruno. But Bruno wanted it to make sure that, you know, everything was the sacrifices. And I think that's the word Bruno used often is sacrifices that Amelia did to protect her children and to, you know, take care of her children. And, you know, you can't imagine being in a place that, you know, it is a simple but hard life. That's okay. That's hard enough. They were content. But then you have the Nazis come in and turn your world upside down, and your uncle comes in the middle of the night and says, get out. we got to go. And you get whatever you have and you grab. And then live in a place where you can't plant nothing, a giant rock. And the Nazis come up there. You know, I mean, there's a point in, in, in without giving it away. And I think the recreation of it, and I couldn't think of that word earlier, the rec recreation of that, of, of the scene, and I heard Bruno in person tell the story, and he still, with the way you did it, made me feel it again, is that, you know, that all of a sudden they're surrounded, Nazis are going to kill them, you know, right there, man, they're going to die right there, and, and some resurgence or whatever else, uh, you know, kind of saved the day, but they had that happen many times, where they were almost going to die right then and right there, so even as, as, as I was watching it, I actually thought one scene is when the scene that when Amelia gets shot and it wasn't, it was another. So, and I didn't know the barbed wire story. So that was even, I know she escaped numerous times and stuff, but I didn't know the barbed wire story. So I've been, I've been caught in barbed wire as a kid. Wasn't no fun. I still got the scars from it. That lady getting off a truck going through and do man, that that's just, again, you put these stories together and, and for a guy who knows a lot of these stories, you still encapsulated my attention enough that I really enjoyed it, and I will watch it. I bought it, and I'm going to buy the DVD. And uh, only thing I need to do is I'm going to send it over to you to send me an autograph of it. <laughs> so you can autograph it for me. But I, I just really think that uh, 
you did a wonderful way of bringing a story to hand. I can see why Bruno entrusted you and why Carol came on camera. You you have footage of Carol speaking, which didn't happen often, Bruno's wife. You have footage of Vince McMahon Sr., which I know is old footage, which almost nobody has footage of Vince McMahon talking on there. You have footage of Bruno's family and, and, and neighbors and relatives speaking. And you have footage... Uh, from the WWE, by the way, which was which was incredible that you know they shared and thank you to Vince for that. It's a grand job for that. And but and, and I'm thanks. sure that I'm sorry. Big thanks to Vince Junior. Absolutely, you know, and to see Vince Senior with brown hair was also something because Vince Senior, when I met him, had whitish gray hair. So you know that was kind of really cool seeing something, some footage that I had never seen before. So that was really neat again. You, and you get all these things and you have old pictures that I haven't even seen in magazines over the years. So you really diligently not only did your homework, but you put together a project that I think that uh, I think you could take that this, this should be, I mean, in motion, major circulation. This should be in this should be out in theaters. I mean, this is this is as good a story as it gets. And I I. Um, you know, I expected walking away with this, no offense to you and you and I had a wonderful conversation and I watched it afterwards, but I expected to walk away with this and say, ah, she did a good job because I like the thing, this and that and the other, but, 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 because you kind of have a connection to this and I didn't have any buts. I mean, honestly, you did one hell of a job. I mean, I, I'm just thrilled because Bruno loved it and we were just able to do the exact thing that he wasn't able to articulate and uh, really put forth an exciting film. And I was so enamored, too, that uh, the little boy who plays uh, young Bruno Carter, <laughs> he, he, after the film, he came to the, we had, we had a screening and he came. And then he was understanding, even through the whole filming, he was paying attention to this Bruno guy, you know, because but he, he didn't really have to because he wasn't seeing anything other than the Nazi scenes and the hardship scenes. He didn't see the, the wrestler. Right. Really, because, you know, he wasn't, there, those weren't scenes he would, he wasn't, he was playing young Bruno. So he sent me later a picture of himself in that same pose that we were saying Bruno did with, what do you call it, the crunch pose? Right. So the little boy put on his skivvies and, and uh, did the crunch pose. And I sent that to Bruno, and Bruno just, the, that is the, you know, the coup de gras. And uh, oh this little boy, he really got, he, he and his brother, and he brought some friends to the, to the screening. They got it. He came up to me, and, and he was watching me even edit, too, while, while I was doing that. And he, he came in one day, and wanted to see how that went and uh, he was just like wow this is how you make a movie this is great and I wanted to show him how handsome he looked you know like on screen like the way you're addressing the camera is perfect here like yeah he's a great you know, you, you, yeah use this in your portfolio and and stuff that's a good great you know you're really good looking here and you know I see you so cute and so but he told me what he he wasn't interested in in that he was interested in Wow, what a hero the mom was. Yeah. And he saw the respect. And when he got to see the whole movie, he was like, I see the respect that this mom influenced on Bruno. And boy, was he. It was like he wanted his mom to go out and do something. It was all like, uh oh. But he, he really realized the respect you ought to have for your mom. And, and you know, that meant so much to me. And so many women that have seen the film were were in for such a big surprise because oh well it wasn't about just the wrestling at all it involved it involved that so it, it's a great film because it involves the excitement and the climactic wrestling parts but it has the climactic story of this whole the Nazis and in infiltrating their town and the escape and these huge climaxes to be able to survive all of that and then the climax of Bruno. Achie his achievements it, it was just uh, fantastic to go through and try to fit 
everything into this one film. So really to uh, wind it up, I would love to say it's a great family film. It's a great film. I, I encourage, I have a bunch of friends right now, or even some of them have seen it and they're having a big Bruno party and watching it again, just to eat popcorn and get together and, you know, celebrate this guy's life. Cause it, 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 it went through so many facets and, uh, I just, I just know for me, I needed to tell it the way Bruno felt it. And uh, if we didn't really utilize. Oh, no, 